0: Hello, and welcome to Top in Tech. I'm Megan Stagman, Director in the TMT Practice at Global Council, and I'm standing in for Conan Darcy, who is the usual host of this podcast. Today, we're going to be looking ahead at what will be the big event in UK tech policy next week, which is the AI Summit, hosted at Bletchley Park, which is, of course, a location that is renowned for being the home of the British Enigma codebreaking, as well as other computer science developments. The AI Summit is going to be convening international governments, leading AI companies, research experts and other stakeholders to think about what the safe development of AI might look like. I'm very pleased to be joined today by one of our leading experts, Teresa Dumkin, to talk us through what we know already about the summit, as well as what we should be expecting from next week. So perhaps just to get us started, um, I can ask you to give us a bit of a recap of how we've got to where we are. So where did this idea of the AI summit come from and why is it happening in the UK specifically? Sure.
1: Um, First of all, thanks for having me, Megan. Interestingly, the summit wasn't really proposed by the conservatives who are in government in the UK, but actually by an opposition figure, Darren Jones. And right now he's shadow chief secretary of the Treasury, but he's also one of the leading voices in Labour's tech policy. And he suggested that the UK, given its position as the leader in this technology, but also as kind of taking a position between the EU's more rigid AI policy and the US's more laissez-faire policy, would be a good place to host such a summit. It also came at the right timing. We were in late spring, early summer, and the initial excitement around generative AI technology had just dialed down a little bit policymakers started to think about the concerns that came with it. For example, we all knew by then the famous picture of the Pope and the Puffer Decade, and people were talking about what this would mean for cybersecurity, for disinformation, and there were serious safety concerns. So in a way, Sunak really got into that discourse and at the right timing proposed the summit and it's questionable whether if he hadn't done it, maybe a different government would have initiated it. He also happened to be in the U.S. at that time meeting Joe Biden and already got buy-in from the U.S. government. So in the end, it was up to a great start that the U.K. proposed to that that time.
0: And I think you mentioned that he got buy-in quite early from the likes of Biden and the U.S. government. And that leads on to a question that I wanted to ask, which is about the perceived success of the summit, not even talking so much about the actual success at the moment. But rather the fact that a lot of media outlets at the moment are suggesting, before the summit has even begun, that it's a flop because it's not getting heads of state uh, in attendance. We've heard that Biden himself won't be there, but for example, Kamala Harris from the US will be. So, my question is do you think that's an accurate representation? Do you think that the whole summit has failed because we're not getting heads of state there? And would be good to obviously hear about which countries you do know are coming. And perhaps finally, we've spoken about kind of senior policymaker attendance, but on the the company side, which companies can we expect to be there and what level of seniority should we expect from them?
1: I think in nominal terms, yes, the summit has failed to recruit heads of state to attend. But on the other hand, if you're really looking to have an informed discussion about AI policy, and maybe it's better to have more ministerial level attendance, because in the end, these are the experts who can really have those conversations. And if we look at the attendance from ministries, I think it's looking quite well. And also to say that the U.S. sending Vice President Kamala Harris is a fairly senior commitment to this summit. From Canada, for example, we have the Science Innovation Minister François-Philippe Champagne. And from the EU, we have Digital Chief Vera Yurova. We also have ministerial attendance from France. That's uh, Digital Minister Jean-Noël Barrault. And we have from uh, Germany, Volker Wissing. We also have attendance confirmed from the ministerial level of Italy, Spain and the Netherlands, but also countries from the developing side and emerging economies are coming. So, for example, we have confirmed attendance from South Africa, Brazil, the Philippines and India, who are, for example, not always in the room for the G7 meetings. Um, In terms of senior leadership from industry, we know that senior leaders from OpenAI, Microsoft, Anthropic and Google DeepMind will be coming. And I think that really also sets this summit apart because that is a big commitment. That really means you have the most important stakeholders who are shaping international AI policy in one room. And of course, China has also been controversially discussed. But as of now, we think that China will be attending the summit as well.
0: Thanks. Um, a couple of things that I'd like to pick up on there. Firstly, when you were listing off that um, list of companies, I think it's noteworthy that all of the big kind of AI labs are there, but perhaps some of the actual deployers of AI technology don't seem to be. Um, so I'd be keen to have you sense check that view. Obviously, we know some of the big companies are the pharma companies, the banks. Do you expect them to be there firstly? And then secondly, you mentioned China. Perhaps I can come on to that uh, as a separate question, as I think that's what I particularly hot potato.
1: It's true that the deploys aren't necessarily present, but there is um, also a civil society and industry initiative around the summit, which is really interesting. It's triggered the creation of the Fringe event. And if you're in London right now, it's really exciting to be here because there are so many fantastic events you can go. A British startup, Faculty AI, has started to create a, a program where there will be some more high-level discussions. There will some, be some creatives outlets on AI, but there will also be, for example, roundtables with big commercial banks discussing about how to create safe AI applications for consumers and so on and so forth. So in that way, there's an initiative to have civil society and other actors represented as well. When it comes to China, it's kind of a hot and cold relationship right now. So the Financial Times was reporting just last week that Beijing officials have said that they could change their mind at any time over attending. We know that they have not necessarily been pleased by U.S. efforts to restrict access to chip technologies um, and also to some comments that British and European politicians have made over China's attendance. However, right now, with the attendees that we're working with, we know that they're preparing to meet Chinese officials there. And I think we should work under the assumption. I also think that people might be surprised about that China could potentially play a bit more of a constructive role in the summit in that it's recently made statements about how it would want to create a global AI governance initiative, mentioning some of the same topics as will be discussed in the summit. For example, the use of AI for good, AI for development, and preventing malicious actors to hijack AI as well. That will probably be somewhere where governments can work together. There will also be some crunch points where they will probably be excluded, for example, when it comes to the discussion of AI and national security or concrete technical safety standards
0: for AI where it comes to the application in critical national infrastructure, for example. Great. And I think you kind of touched on a number of these already, but my next question was going to be, If we look at the five publicly stated objectives for the summit, where we think there's going to be action. So just as a recap for listeners, the first is that the UK government wants to see a shared understanding of what frontier AI really is and what the risks are that are associated with that. The second is for there to be what is termed a forward process, whatever that means, for international collaboration on AI safety. The third being agreement on the measures that individual organisations should take to increase AI safety. The fourth being collaboration on AI safety research. And the fifth being this point about kind of showcasing AI for good, um, as you've mentioned already. And it seems that that fifth one is going to be focused quite specifically on the education sector. You've mentioned a number of these already. I guess I just wanted to ask you, what do you think is actually going to come out of the summit? What should companies and businesses and government officials around the world actually expect to see land on the 3rd of November after this all of the dust settles
1: interesting we've already seen a preview of what we might see as an outcome so there was a draft communique leaked which for example stressed the need for safety protocols but it was also quite vague in saying what should be achieved after the summit there was a notion that there should be another event after the summit indicating that this might be a recurring theme on the event. However, I think right now, a lot of the actors involved around the summit are a bit pessimistic of what what can be achieved in more concrete levels. For example, in the beginning, there was a talk about maybe there could be an institution coming out of it, maybe an international research institution which could advise on AI safety policy, which could disseminate international research on, on these topics. But as it looks right now, that would lack the buy-in of the US. So it's really not clear yet what we're going to see. And you are always up for surprises with these international events, but I think we should be a bit cautious about expecting anything concrete
0: or anything big. Great, thanks. And I think a couple of the things that I have seen to your point about them not being concrete all seem to be voluntary. So I think there's talk about, for example, A voluntary global register for large AI models. Um, As you say, I think that is unlikely to have any kind of legislative underpinning. Another thing that you mentioned is about whether this is going to be recurring. And that's a question that we've obviously had from a a number of different stakeholders. We've heard UK politicians say that maybe this is going to be the next COP conference in terms of having a major international issue that everyone cares about, senior buy in from around the world. But I wonder, is that where the kind of similarities stop? Do you think that this is going to be an annual event or is it a one-off?
1: I think we can certainly say that the UK government would love it to be an annual event. that happens in the UK. I think that touches on the main motives of the summit overall is that it's a good show for the UK government to show it's really a hub for innovation in AI. It's a bit of promotion of the local industry here. and draws a lot of attention globally to what the UK government has already done. So having that annually and having it successfully would be a great outcome for the UK government. But I would say apart from that, it really depends on what other processes are going on. As I said earlier, when this started, policymakers were just starting to think about these issues. But now we already have a couple of processes that run parallelly. So for example, we have the G7 Hiroshima process. But on the other hand, that doesn't include a lot of developing countries. We also have several UN bodies working on AI governance, but often it's more sectoral. So there definitely is a space for such a summit, but it really depends on its success, international buy-in and so on. I think in this summit, we've also seen a lot of industry participation, which could be beneficial for the summit going further if that Happens to be one of the defining factors to make it a success. One last point on the comparison to COP. I think COP really took off when we had a lot of reliable data on how climate change was already affecting human survival on Earth. So I think if we over the next year see any bigger events around AI safety, which would justify a bigger policy initiative and an international need to regulate, let's say, we see AI being deployed in some of the wars that are going on right now and this leading to a catastrophic humanitarian disaster, then I think there would be a lot more um, buy-in for international collaboration and engagement and then such a summit would come in really
0: handy. Interesting. And I'll come back to that point, I think, of how it sits alongside or in tandem or in conflict with the other international processes. One point of what you just said that I think was interesting was that This is an opportunity for the UK to showcase British industry. And I think you're, of course, right that certain companies like DeepMind, definitely, and Faculty AI that you mentioned as well, are very much front of mind and they're getting a lot more spotlight. But I think it's also interesting, actually, that the vast number of companies that are invited to the summit are not British. And so I think probably somewhere where we're going to see quite a lot of criticism over the next week, that the UK is just playing host to these discussions rather than actually being embedded in the middle of them. But yeah, I think to go back to one of the points that you made already, which is about the other processes that are concurrently ongoing, and namely the G7 comes to mind because obviously just recently they published their draft principles for organizations that are developing AI systems. This has got a lot of publicity, not only because of the membership of the G7, but also because of the follow-up actions coming out of this. So the Commission having just launched its consultation on this, which industry and other stakeholders are now responding to. Is all of this activity kind of in vain? Um, is it duplicative of what's going to come out of the summit? How do the two go hand in hand or conflict against one another?
1: I think you're right in saying if the summit was focusing on principles, it would be very duplicative. Because additionally to the G7 process, we already have established principles in regulating. AI from the OECD, the UN has been doing work on this, the ITU has been discussing this frequently. So there really needs to be a breakaway from that. And I think there might be a chance because the summit is focusing quite narrowly on Frontier AI. And Frontier AI as a term is something that has only been emerging over the last, I would say, half year before we were talking about AI more generally or sometimes about foundation models. But Frontier AI really means more The general AI or the AI which is at the cutting edge of research. And that really throws up topics and issues that haven't been as widely discussed. So I think that might be a unique factor as well. When you talk about industry attendance, I think as well um, that it's very interesting that not just UK, but lots of international players have been invited and are coming. And I think another achievement that the summit has delivered already are. For example, industry statements, voluntary commitments. For example, we're expecting a statement by the Frontier AI Forum fairly soon um, on principles on safety protocols. Today, there's going to be an AI policy forum from from the Partnership of AI or AI, which is happening in London as well. Of course, these could have happened without the summit, but I think we really see them very soon in a short sequencing and in a collaborative effort ahead of the summit. So I think if you'll look for a silver
0: lining here, the summit has already been delivering on some points. Great. Good to end on a positive note. Thanks very much, Teresa. Very interesting. For those listening, as always, if you or your business or your investment are interested in hearing more about this, please don't hesitate to get in touch with us. You can find contact details for both Teresa and myself on the GC website, which is www.global-council.com you can also find there a report that we published just this week on regulating generative AI. As you may know, we have spent the summer doing almost 50 opinion former interviews with policymakers, regulators, think tanks and other AI experts to find out where they think the regulation of generative AI is going to go, as well as public polling across the UK, Germany and the US. So if you would like to find out more about that research or about the AI summit, please just get in touch.